appreciate that so much. Young people can be dismissed at this time. Go to Children's Church. While you, if you would, turn to page, uh, uh, sorry, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Certainly grateful to have you here today. If you're visiting with us or a guest, we certainly are grateful that you have made some time to be with us on this beautiful day God's given us. Ephesians chapter 5, we began a few weeks ago uh, talking about uh, being in this uh, idea of being found faithful. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about being found faithful in life. Life, I think we'd all agree, is a gift. If life is a gift, then time is the vehicle in which it is delivered. One of the greatest and most valuable gifts that God's given us is time. We're to live uh, our life cognizant of that fact. We're each given the same amount of limited time every day. We should have the right priorities uh, for the stewardship of that time. Let's look at verse, uh, or, uh, verse 14, yes, of Ephesians chapter 5. As we start reading verse number 14, Wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. This morning I want to preach for a few minutes on being found faithful in our time in our time. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for each and every one of these that are here with us. May we hear from you in a special way through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Every day that we live, we have at our disposal 24 hours, 1,440 minutes. Every moment is a gift from God. And you cannot kill time without injuring eternity. This morning, I want to focus on this subject of time that God gives us and how very important it is for us to steward it wisely. You remember, we've been talking about being a steward, and a steward is not someone who owns something. A steward is someone who's lent something or given something to, uh, to manage for another. What you do today will affect forever. Someone calculated the typical lifespan of 70 years. That's what the, the Bible gives us, a typical lifespan. And, and uh, in 70 years, we sleep for 23 of them. 22 of those are in the teen years uh, that we sleep. We work for 16 years. We watch television for 8 years. Of course, you understand that this is if we put it all together. We eat for 6 years. We have leisure time for 10 years. Illness, we are ill for four years, the typical lifespan. We spend two years getting dressed. Two weeks if you're a man, but two years typically getting dressed. And here's a sad one. Religion, we spend 0.5 or half a year. The typical lifespan is spent on religion. I don't know if this estimate is true for everyone, but it is a great reminder that we need to steward our time wisely. Benjamin Franklin said, Dost thou love life? Then do not squander time, for it is the stuff that life is made of. Just as with life itself, and we talked about this when we talked about our life, we have three options of how we will handle the time that's given to us. We can spend it, we can waste it, 
or we can invest it. Or another word that I like to use for invest is steward it. We see, first of all, the priority of time. Have you ever felt in your life like you're on a treadmill of empty routines? Each day is a repeat of the last. You go to bed and you get up and do it all over again. Same thing day after day. Now, routines can be beneficial. I actually kind of enjoy routines. I like to uh, have a routine that I uh, have. It's, it's a terrible thing, by the way, to be a pastor and love routines because it gets really messed up uh, throughout the week. But, but I, there's, they can be beneficial, but not if they put you in a rut. We don't ever, nobody wants to be in a rut in their life. A rut is just a grave with both ends kicked out. And uh, we don't want to be caught in a rut. Our lives should be more than get, getting up in the morning, going to work, coming home, watching TV, going to bed, and hitting repeat over and over and over again. The Bible tells us here first, as we started reading, uh, in verse 14, Wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest. Awake. We ought to first awake to salvation. Uh, verse 14 talks about Christ giving us light. Light and life go together. Life craves light. This passage speaks, first of all, to those who have never come to the light of Jesus Christ. May uh, be religious, may be good, a good person, but remain lost. Oh, dear friend, if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, if you have not settled the matter of your eternity, don't leave today without settling that. Paul challenges them to wake up from their life without Christ. As it says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6 and 7, Seek ye the Lord uh, while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return uh, to the Lord that he may have mercy upon him. Oh, friend, listen, if you're here today, and you're not sure, I mean, you're not 100% sure that if something happened today to snuff out your life, that you uh, would be in heaven with Christ forever. That can be settled today. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Listen, I, I have talked to many people who think they might go to heaven. They hope they might go to heaven. But the Bible says that it, these things here in this book are written that we might know that we have eternal life. I like to know on something that important, don't you? So don't leave without settling that. We also need to awake to God's priorities. Jesus was the greatest gift ever given to mankind. You could say the great, second greatest gift is time. The way that we spend our second greatest gift will determine how we share our first greatest gift. How do we spend our time? Are your moments being spent fulfilling God's will for your life? Are you investing in eternity by investing in people? You loving your spouse, spending time with your children, witnessing to your co-workers? Uh, encouraging godly friends, many different ways that we can invest in people. These are eternal priorities, and they should be woven into the fabric of our everyday life. We ought to take our eyes off of pleasing simply ourselves and investing them in eternity. Harold Mackey said this, Time is free, but it is priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. Once you've lost it, you can never get it back. The priority of time. We also see the preservation of time. 
The Bible tells us here we ought to have a cautious walk. If we're to accomplish God's will for our life, we've got to listen to what Paul is telling us here in this passage. Look at verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Circumspectly, the word means to be cautious, to be vigilant, to walk intelligently. It's the idea that if you're on very rocky terrain, maybe you're taking a hike or, or you're in an uncertain grounding and, and you walk very carefully, you place your feet down and you uh, step on things and make sure the footing is sure. That's the idea of walking circumspectly. Now, why the need for this vigilance? Well, the Bible warns us that we have an enemy. This enemy seeks to uh, destroy our lives, and not only that, he wants to devour our time. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil, he walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour you. He wants to devour your time. Now, Satan will do all he can to destroy your effectiveness on this earth. Now, he'll do it in one of two ways. He'll try to destroy your life with sinful living. We know that. We understand that if Satan had his way, we'd all be drug addicts and alcoholics and, and uh, we'd, be, we'd be completely uh, slain with the sin of this world. He'll try to do it with sin. But even if he fails in that area, he'll try to devour you up by eating up your time with activities with no eternal value. Now, we, we need to be careful. The Bible says here, see then he walk circumspectly. Either way, sinful living or wasted time, at the end of the day, the result is the same, a wasted life. That's what Satan would desire for every one of us. By the way, this is the purpose that we stay away from sin in the first place so that uh, we don't waste our life. Some of us get so hung up uh, by the thou shalt nots of the Bible. I mean, we like to even have our clipboards and we walk around and make sure that not only do we keep ourselves in line, but we keep everybody else in line too. Thou shalt not this, thou shalt not that. The reason that the thou shalt nots are in the Bible is so that we can get up and do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to not waste our time. Yes, we live in a sinful time. Our society is depraved. I don't think anybody would question that. But that also means that there are opportunities to live for God as never before. The light always shines brightest when it is darkest. This is not the time to waste our lives in fruitless activities. Think about this thought here. More time is wasted, not in hours but minutes. Somebody put it this way, a bucket with a small hole at the bottom will be just as empty as one that's kicked over eventually. If we uh, waste time in minutes or waste time in hours, it's still waste. Now, Satan is actively seeking to devour our life and the minutes that it's made of. Now, you say, preacher, a minute? A minute is not that much. Well, a minute might be more than you really think it is. And in fact, this morning, we're going to illustrate that. You know that I have a penchant for illustrations and for object lessons. This morning, we're going to have one. And I can forewarn you, it's going to be super awkward. So are you ready for that uh, as we do this illustration? I'd like to illustrate just how much, really, a minute is by the fact that I'm going to be completely silent for one minute before we speak again, starting now.
2017, that's the most recent data available, says that people spent 135 of those on social media every day. That's a long time. It, now, would anybody agree with me a minute's a little longer than you thought it was? <laughs> My watch has never moved that slow. We've got to redeem every minute for the glory of God. We've got to recognize that Satan wants us to waste those every single day of our life and how many we really waste for him. When God warns us to walk circumspectly, it comes with the idea of the right balance. Every good use of our time, can, even good uses, can have dangerous possibilities if we neglect balance in them. How many unbalanced lives have you seen where people spend too much time in one activity? Two and a half hours a day on social media? That's out of balance. It's a life that's unbalanced. Our very physical survival depends on balance. I love to see my grandsons as they learn how to walk. And they first stand up and, and then they start to do that whole trying to balance, look like they've been sipping on grandpa's cough syrup a little bit too long. Actually, not this grandpa. Don't get me wrong now. The wrong, wrong one. Anyway, so, uh, but they, they have the balance issue. And you step and you go back and forth and you learn. Our physical well-being requires us to have balance. Well, I contend today that our spiritual well-being requires the same thing. We need to have balance. This is where our time comes in. Prioritizing our time so that we can steward the resources that God has given to our care. Our health, our family, our finances our service to the Lord. Like most things, balance is easier preached than it is lived. I understand that. But we need to put make an effort for it. We're still in the beginning uh, of this year. We've just survived the longest month of the year. Amen? Uh, January has 120 days, and we've survived it. Amen. Hallelujah. But the year is still early. Commit yourself this year to prioritize your time. We can get so caught up and overdo it in certain areas. Even in good things, uh, like our ministry or our service to the Lord, we need to prioritize uh, the time that God gives us. We need to be sensitive in how we spend our time. And then it talks about a calculated walk here. God warns us that the days are, we live in today ought to show us the value of our time. Look at the Bible says in verse 16. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeem, the word, mean, the word, the original word is exagrazo. It means to buy up for one's use, to make wise and sacred use of. The word time in that verse, verse 16, is the original word karyos. It means a time when things are brought to crisis. The right time, a limited period of time. So essentially what that verse is saying is we need to buy up and make wise use of the limited period of time because the days are evil. Our opportunity to redeem the time is now, but our opportunities might be limited. Mark chapter 13, verse 33, the Bible says, Take heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. Imagine with me, your bank calls you up and offers to, to, to start some kind of a pilot program, and they want to make you the subject of this pilot program. Uh, the plan is simple. Each morning, the bank will credit your account with $86,400.
Now again, I like illustrations, and I really wanted to have a pile of $86,400 in front of me this morning to show you, but no, these stingy banks in town wouldn't let me borrow it for a, a couple of days, and so uh, you're just going to have to visualize. I should have just asked Brother Corey, he could have brought it for me, but you are $86,400. You're able to spend it however you like every day. But the catch is that every night your account will close with a balance of zero. So you have to do something with it every single day. It will carry no balance from day to day. You must spend or invest the deposit every day or it will be wasted. Anybody want in on this program? You are in on this program. Every day there is a bank of sorts that deposits 886400 into an account for you. Uh, it uh, d does these units that I'm talking about is not necessarily dollars, though. In fact, you've spent 1400 about 1400 of these units since I've started speaking this morning. We're talking about seconds. Every day, 86,400 seconds are deposited into your account. Every single day, you must spend them. Every day, you have an opportunity to invest them in the, into eternity or to waste them in day-to-day -day living. It is a non-refundable deposit, canceled every evening. Whatever you don't spend or invest is wasted. Failure, uh, failure in this area results in irreplaceable loss. The psalmist gives us a challenge in Psalm 89, 47, when he says, remember how short my time is. We master our minutes or we become slaves to them. We use time or time uses us. I'm simply saying today, friend, we've got to be wise in our time. We've got to be faithful in our time. How much time is wasted in our day-to-day -day life? I've got a challenge for you. If you're brave enough to do it, do it. You don't have to bring it back to me. This is homework that doesn't have to be turned in. Don't you like that kind of homework? Years ago when I first made a, a budget, I think it's a good idea to live by a budget. And uh, a, a friend of mine helped me to set up a personal budget. But there was an odd thing. He said, we're not going to, we met the first time, we're going to start doing this. And he said, we're not going to do anything tonight. He gave me a notebook and a piece of, uh, had a pen and a notebook. And he said, what you're going to start by doing is every day this week, don't change anything, don't change any patterns in your life. Just write down every single penny that you spend. And my, was I shocked at the end of the week just how much money I wasted. My challenge to you is take a notebook and write how you spend every hour this week. 20 minutes on YouTube, write it down. Uh, just start taking a diary of exactly how you spend your minutes. And you know what will happen? It will amaze you how much time we really waste. We need to steward our time wisely. We need to be faithful in our time. Paul is telling us in this context that when we invest today in eternity, you have redeemed it. A day wasted will expire. A day invested will not. Jesus put it this way. We ought to put our time and our effort into where neither the moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. And that is talking about our heavenly bank, not our earthly one. 
Look at the purpose of time as well. Time is our opportunity to achieve success. However, if you don't have the right idea of what real biblical success is, then we might come to the end of our life and realize that we've wasted so much of it. What is your definition of success? Well, from a secular standpoint, financial wealth, climbing to the top of the ladder, accumulating possessions. None of these are wrong, by the way, but neither do they qualify for real success. Why? Because none of these things last forever. The Bible talks about a man in Luke chapter 15 who, who uh, was very successful. He was a wise manager of his money, and he did so well farming that he had to buy more equipment and buy bigger barns, and he stored these things. And in fact, he got to the point where he said, you know what, I've done so well, I'm going to retire, and I'm going to enjoy the rest of my days on earth. And the Bible says that God basically pointed his finger down and said, Thou fool, tonight thy soul shall be required of thee, and then who shall these things be? The man's mistake was not in working hard. That's a good thing. The man's mistake was not in raising up uh, and, and building bigger barns and, and setting more things aside for his future. That's a good thing. The man's mistake was not planning for his future. That's a good thing. He was a hard worker. He was a wise uh, investor. And uh, he, it wasn't even, he wasn't even a, a greedy man. He wasn't a miser because there came a point in his life says, I've got enough now. I don't need to keep working anymore. There was a lot of good points about this man. But he made one major mistake. Every effort that he made was for physical good. And he did nothing for eternity. And God called him a fool. How are we spending our time? Are we investing it? When God tells us to steward our time, he tells us essentially to redeem the time. This is uh, in, in verse 17. Uh, he tells us what he means here. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So the real success in our life is doing and knowing the will of God. It is investing our time in that which will last for eternity. I've had the unfortunate I don't know if the opportunity is the right word, but I've been at several people as they pass, bedsides as they passed into eternity. Been at many more who were about to pass away. And I have never heard, and nor will you probably ever, I just wish I'd have spent more time at the office. Wish I'd have spent more time at work. I have heard, wish I'd have done more with my children. I wish I'd have been more faithful to church. Wish I'd have invested more of my time in serving the Lord. I've heard those things numerous times. It is very possible, don't miss this now, it's very possible for us to diligently and sincerely spend our life on the wrong goals. We're not hating anybody. We're not angry at anybody. We're not uh, shaking our fist at God. We're just living for the wrong goals. Clearly, we ought to identify what success in our life means. And success in our life is really doing what God wants us to do. Being obedient to Him. You don't want to come to the end of your life and realize that you've lived for the wrong objective. Sad word is regret. Regret's a really sad, sad word. I'm simply saying today we need to make every day count for the glory of God. The Bible reminds us to number our days. 
And then we are to seek the will of God. James describes uh, the opposite of remembering the limited nature of life. He says in James 4.13, Go now, ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell gain. This is an example of a person who assumes life will continue as it always has. And that assumption leads to very presumptuous living. James talks again uh, in James 4.14, he says, Whereas ye know what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and vanisheth away. Oh, you've seen a pot of water boiling on a stove? That's what he's talking about. Uh, the steam comes up and it's gone. It comes up and it's gone. It comes up and it's gone. That's what James said our life is. Our life is here today and it's gone tomorrow. We have no promise of tomorrow. We don't uh, have any... Uh, I, I was actually at a, a young man's bedside in a hospital in Sioux Falls on uh, Thursday evening and, and had been in a car accident and uh, thank the Lord he's going to be okay. But uh, he was explaining how it happened and, and uh, was, he was one moment looking and the next moment he was waking up. He had no idea what happened at first. And it's that quick. Now, thank God he woke up and he's going to be okay, but many are not. Many are going through their daily life and it just, and something happened. They don't even know. And all of a sudden they're going, living and doing and boom, they wake up in eternity. We don't know how long we have. And so James tells us, hey, it's important for us to recognize that. Uh, we don't know what shall be on tomorrow. So because our days are numbered, we ought to live with an awareness of eternity, stewarding the time that we do have in the wisdom that does not assume tomorrow. Now, we ought to plan for tomorrow. I mean, I have a Roth IRA plan for my future. I'm not talking about being silly. I'm just saying we ought not to assume uh, or, uh, or basically demand or expect that uh, we for sure will be here tomorrow when it comes to matters of eternity. Today's opportunities may disappear tomorrow. Tomorrow itself may disappear. You don't know. And so what is the answer then? The answer is to live with every moment of time spent wisely, being found faithful in our time. This requires that we pause to seek God's will. James 4.15 goes on to say, or that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Basically, that's where the term comes from that we use, Lord willing, all the time. I'm going to do this, Lord willing. I'm going to do that, Lord willing. Did you know that's a biblical statement? That's what the Bible says right here in James. We ought to say, if the Lord wills. Because we can make plans, but God can upset those plans. God ever changed plans for you? You ever had plans that God, <laughs> that something happened and it completely changed your day or your week? We better spend our time and spend it wisely. We don't know how much more we'll get. And so it behooves us to spend that time wisely. James' message is clear. Don't just drift through life. Think about what you do. Seek God's will for your days. We live in a time-driven society. Whatever time we don't plan is filled up. You ever notice that? You don't plan some time, it just gets filled up with the, the busyness of life. Unplanned time, or we could say unwise priorities, cause us to become, as Charles Hummel put it, the uh, it causes us to become victims of the tyranny of the urgent. Great book. If you ever have a chance to read that book, I've got it if somebody wants to borrow it. Uh, the tyranny of the urgent. 
Basically, the premise is that we spend too much of our time spent on things that are urgent, but not on things that are important. The, the demands of your job might be urgent, but your children are important. You see the difference? So we spend way too much time in our life fulfilling the demands of the urgent, and we miss the important. When we become stewards of our time, looking at it biblically, that'll help us then to spend and recognize what's important, not only urgent, and to steward that time that is given us. You ever find yourself at the end of the day, and you were incredibly busy, and you can't imagine how little you actually accomplished. <laughs> what would you do today? I know, I, I don't know, but I was super busy not doing it, you know. Help us. God help us. We live busy, but often empty days. The only way to escape from the tyranny of the urgent is to live with the urgency of the important. Recognizing what really is important in our life. God has called you to do what can only be done by you. Can only be done in one lifetime. You know what numbered days do for us? Well, the Bible tells us, teach us to number our days. Numbered days demand focused lives. If you are, if you do what the psalmist did and you say, hey, Lord, number my days. Look, we don't know how long we're going to have. I, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of glad I don't know how long I'm going to have. I might live to be 70. I might not live till next week. We don't know. But the Bible says to teach us to number our days. And so for us to recognize that there is, our life is not infinite. There is a time that it will end. There is a day in which we will no longer live beyond that point. So we ought to number our days. And when we do that, when we number our days, we will, uh, it will lead to us having a focused life. An urgency of the important reminds us to recognize the fleeting nature of time against the greater weight of eternity. That's, that's what's really important. Eternity is what is important. Eternity is what we ought to keep our eyes on. Our time on earth is but a vapor, the Bible says, but eternity is forever and ever and ever. So the focus ought to be on the forever, not only on the temporary. Don't miss today's opportunity to invest your time into the bank of eternity. Don't waste your life on, on purposeless living. Will you be found faithful in the time God's given you to steward for Him? Your time, if we're going to be honest about it, is not up to you. Your time uh, is a gift of God. We ought to seek the wisdom of God. We have to have our focus right. There's an ingredient here given. It says in verse 17, Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. When God instructs us to walk circumspectly, He wants us to have wisdom doing it. He tells us specifically not to be as fools, but as wise. Sometime this weekend, I hear there's going to be a football game. I guess it's kind of a big deal. I don't know. It's not as important as church. Amen? Okay. Making sure everybody understands that. There's going to be a football game. If you watch an NFL football game, the game usually, the broadcast lasts an average of 175 minutes. According to the Wall Street Journal, the average time the ball is in play at an NFL broadcast game is about 11 minutes. 
So in other words, between the time the ball is snapped and the official blows the whistle and the play is over, the whole game combined, you barely have time to boil an egg. So what do the networks do with the other 100 and whatever minutes? Well, commercials take up about 60 minutes of that time. About 75 minutes of airtime is spent uh, time between plays. Players are huddling or they're standing around the line of scrimmage. About 17 minutes are spent on replays. Now, that leads me to ask a question. How do we live our life? I, I think maybe some of our lives, we have very few short minutes are actual moments of action, doing something. Then a whole lot of time replaying it. A lot of time maybe huddled up planning for things that, making grand plans, distracted by all the world's commercials around us. Paul tells us here that we should walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Walking in wisdom is knowing and doing what matters. Wisdom teaches us what priorities and what activities have eternal significance. We ought to not waste our time. I, one of the my own personal pet peeves is receipts. I don't like receipts. I, I, usually I just I re reject the receipts. One of the things that really annoys me is when they, at Walmart, they hand me the money and the change on top of the receipt. Now I'm forced to deal with this receipt, and I just don't, typically don't like to deal with receipts. And so this happened one time. I went to Walmart. By the way, uh, I've, I've put in my will that I want to be uh, buried at Walmart when I pass away. That way, I know my wife and my kids will visit me on a regular basis. Amen. I was at Walmart, and the total was $30.50. I had a $50 bill in my pocket, and I happened to have some change, so I gave the clerk $50.50, giving me a $20 change. And so she put a receipt on my palm, put the $20 on top of it. And as I'm walking out of the store, I do what I always did. I wadded up the receipt, threw it in the trash, head out the door. And I was, uh, this particular was quite a ways from home. So I got home that night, and I'm emptying my pockets, and I realized that when I threw away my receipt, there was a bill in that receipt. I threw up and wad I wadded up a $20 bill and threw it in the trash. Do you know how many times in the past 10 years I've spent that $20 bill? If I only had that 20, I'd be able to do that. But, and it is a waste, it hurt, especially somebody as frugal as I am. But that's nothing compared to wasted years, wasted life. Take heed, the Bible says. Take heed, beware, wake up, pay attention. If I'd have paid attention, I'd have noticed that one of my receipts was green. Don't throw this thing out. We don't pay attention. How do we live our life? If you feel you haven't used your time as wisely as you could, seek God's wisdom in it. You ever notice that, uh, that something has a far greater value if its time is limited or if it's, if it's a limited resource? For instance, art, limited editions of art are worth more. Our, our time will be more valuable to us if we recognize it is limited. Psalm 90, 12, verse I mentioned a while ago. So teach us to number our days that we might apply our hearts to wisdom. When we recognize our days are numbered, we will automatically react wiser to the time that God gives us. We need to be found faithful. I read where 
several people chose to have a visual reminder. Uh, they, they, they take, again, the 70-year, uh, figure out how many weeks they have left if they live a full 70 years, like is mentioned in Psalm 90. And then they fill a large glass bowl with marbles that contain the number of weeks until their 70th birthday. Every Saturday night, they take a marble out and throw it into the trash. Now, you can decide amongst yourselves whether that's morbid <laughs> or motivating. It could be a little bit of both. Recognizing our time is limited. We don't have an unlimited resource of time. How's your life this morning? How are you investing your time? I think that every one of us, if we took up that challenge and wrote down in a uh, notebook the way that we spend our time, we could probably find not minutes, uh, not even hours, but probably days that we've wasted in our life. Let's spend our time wisely. When it comes to the greatest gift that God can give us, time, are you found faithful in your time? Or can, is there some room for improvement this morning? Let's have every head bowed. Every